0: Well Andrew it's Friday night buddy How you doing Good good we watched um my wife and i watched a little movie tonight uh, we watched Welcome to Marwan with Steve Carell it's, how uh,
1: did you see that Yeah it's you like good?
0: a uh it was okay it was a little weird <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> He's like this um he's he's a basically a a, a guy who had gotten uh beaten up at a bar and so he loses all his memory and and in order to cope with that event he he was an artist before and now he has to actually just do photography cuz the beating took all of his hand uh movements away like he can't draw he can't use his hands so he takes pictures and he takes pictures using using like little figurines and dolls that portrays basically I think his pain or what he went through, so it's kind of a comedy.
1: uh, I don't know. That was way too artistic for me. (laughs) It's weird. Yeah, it's very artistic.
0: It's very weird. It's very, it's very like, you know, modern. You, you know, what you get from it, you can whatever. Anyways, it was, it was weird. It was interesting, but it was like a little long for me
1: and it shows the benefits of not doing tax right you can yes. sit back and relax and watch yes. a
0: movie yes i feel bad That's for cool. my tax friends on on uh tonight cuz i'm sure some of them are pumping out returns still through monday you know yeah i only, i i would never wish for a monday to be the due date i would wish for friday to be the due date for everybody cuz then they have then they can just end and it ends with the weekend but now this whole weekend we've got friends working through returns. I mean, your firm must be busy right now, I'm assuming.
1: Well, we are busy, but uh, so we have April 30th as a deadline, as opposed to April 15th. So we've got a few more weeks, like it's busy and it's just going to get busier. Uh, you know, I feel sorry for people like Hector, um, yeah. who who's, uh, you know, not only got tax season, but also is moving into a house. Like perfect timing, Hector.
0: Let's <laughs> move let's remember Holmes on uh, the Friday before the due date tax due date.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully everything is going smoothly and he's actually all done and just having a beer and relaxing somewhere.
0: Yeah, I hope so. But I think he he'd be on the, on this show if that was the case right now. <laughs> if he was relaxing, I'm sure. But yeah, moving That's probably takes a toll. That's true. Moving can take yeah. a toll. So, um I think tonight we wanted to talk about uh, we wanted to talk about now that quarter one is over, and you know even tax season being over, quarter one's over, tax tax season's over. uh, What can you what what do you advise your clients to do about Q one, and how can your firm or your clients maximize the remaining three quarters of the year? Right, so we're already three months, three and a half months into the year, which is nuts to think about. I mean, it just flew by so fast. We've got three more quarters for your firm, for your business, for your year, for your life. What are the things you, you, you can do, your firm can do and you advise your clients to do. So why don't you start? You guys, any bright ideas of some of those things of what those uh, could be?
1: Yeah. Well, I think there's, there's always, for me, there's more things that I can possibly, there's more things to do than I can possibly accomplish. Um, so, and, you know, especially right now when we're a little bit heads down on with the tax stuff, um, but it's for us, it's, it's instead of thinking about all the things we can do, it's sort of whittling it down to our three rocks. And I think that the, this is something I got out of, uh, the entrepreneur's operating system, which was, uh, recommended to me by, um, oh, who was it who recommended it? I can't remember. Anyways. Um, and I don't know if you've read it yet or, or, or yeah, know much about, yeah yeah the eos and so getting i love that that analogy that they talk about the eos about life being full of rocks sand and water yeah and 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 if you if you deal with the water first which is your day-to-day interruptions and then the sand which is all your tasks and then try to get to your rocks which are your big goals and accomplishments you can't fit everything into the glass
0: right Right. if you
1: start with the rocks um and then you put in the sand and the individual tasks, and then you then you pour in the water, then magically it all fits. Mm. Um, so I think that that's, that's the big thing for us right now is uh, keeping us focused to our, our, our rocks, and just trying to figure out what are the things that we're gonna do and, and try to keep that really focused uh, because I'm really guilty of going off in too many different directions. And as a result, not really executing as well as I could or should on each of the tasks because I'm just spread too thin. Uh, So that's really what I think the first quarter should really be about is sitting down and planning those rocks Mm. and figuring out what your objectives are going to be. Um, And then out of those rocks, obviously, come your tasks. Uh, And then unfortunately, out of day to day life come all those interruptions that we just have to deal with whether we whether we like it or not so i think that that's sort of i guess my approach and and i think where we're at right now is um is figuring out our well we've somewhat figured out our rocks for for the next few quarters but now keeping it focused and making sure that we're starting to put together the tasks for those individual rocks
0: that's good that's great can can you can you share you know are there a few you could share or one or two you could share what are those of those rocks are just to just so people can be inspired or maybe it gives them ideas of what rocks are for them.
1: Yeah, so one of our big rocks right now is um, better, I guess workflow for lack lack of a better word for it. Um, It's really a bunch of checklists. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've really been convinced of the importance of checklists um, and documenting our processes. So the the key thing that we're really wanting to do over this year is take all of our process, um, create a set of checklists in, in the CRM that we use, which is Infusionsoft. Um, and then tie those checklists, um, back into automations and workflows within our system, as well as not only tie them back to the, um, automations and workflows, but tie them back to the training so that, uh, you literally can go into any one of the checklists that we have um, and there'll be a series of steps. And we're trying to keep that to no more than 20 steps uh, per um, per checklist, which hmm. actually sounds like a lot, but we really are struggling to keep it only to 20 and then having this to separate it out. Um, and then keeping all the training that we have uh, down to 15 minute videos. Cause we'd had a lot of videos in the past that we'd, um, kept in a repository and that were available for people to use but people really they weren't using them because they weren't digestible like they were you know an hour sometimes two hours going through the entire process well this is how you do it from start to finish and what we found is that just wasn't really digestible um, and it wasn't didn't really work for us as far as onboarding and training as well because when we did that and gave it to someone it's still like every file is, as we know, slightly different. It has its own unique curves. So not every file is the same. So it doesn't necessarily teach them. A lot of it is like, okay, get in, get into the work, start right. doing it. Um, if you get stuck on an aspect of that work, then be able to find the support for that individual aspect. So the way we're sort of breaking that down, <coughs> excuse me, is you've got the checklist. So you're literally going through, okay, have you done this? Have you done that? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I didn't do that. Oh, how do I do that? Oh, there's the video on how to do that. Um, so try to create that, that level of um, uh, training and, and precision. So that's sort of one of the big objectives that we've had. Now, one of the things I'm really uh, excited about is, uh, I don't know if you saw online, but um, um, Ninja Networks has launched a beta program of a new training system. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we were lucky enough to get into that, that data program. Um, and that may, I might ultimately pivot a lot of where my direction is, is going on these workflows. I hope not. Um, but we're, we're lucky to be involved in that because, you know, the really, the key and the point of this is better training and better, uh, onboarding and education for the staff, as well as once they're trained and onboarded, the processes to follow to make sure that those tasks are, are being done.
0: That's really, that's really, really, great. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's yeah, really, that's great. really great. I'll, yeah. I'll continue this line. So for Q1, <laughs> you know, now that's over our, our, one of our big rocks was um, implementing a better workflow system internally. So just um, you know, the, the systems we use internally, um, we use Slack heavily for our, for our employees and we've done very well in, um, making that a regular part of our uh, business for the past year, it's probably maybe even more than that, um, where all internal communication um, between employees happens through Slack, and we rarely, if ever, shoot an email to each other anymore. It's all through Slack and recorded, and we use the paid we use the paid version because it's well worth paying for it, um, and it keeps all the history in there. Um, we were when we started the firm and up until basically January we were um, all using this templated Google um, Word document that we called the onboarding sheet. And it was how we documented everything when we onboarded a customer, how we documented all their processes. And then it also had all the important information. So then when an employee got sick or went on vacation or left, we had an, a kind of a master sheet of, here's everything we do for this client, here's how you do it, here's where you go. Well, we yeah. wanted to get out of Google Docs. We felt like, okay, this is just not a scalable. So yeah. I, I come to find out as I started looking at tools, I come to find out around November, December, that half my team was using Trello on their own. They, they <laughs> were in, individually using it. And I did not know that. They just went and signed up for the free version. And I went, oh. So I went to one of my employees and said, hey, why don't we start using Trello for onboarding? why don't we instead of the onboarding document let's create Trello boards and Trello lists and cards let's share these cards and boards with our with our clients if they're tech savvy enough and they can provide us information through these Trello boards Um and then when we're ready to bring them over to a bookkeeper or transition to a bookkeeper we just move the board over or assign the a board to a um, an employee see how it works right well the team loves it. The team's like, thank you. You know, they were already using Trello. I I, I turned on paid Trello for all of them. And all of a sudden they get these things called power-ups. And it sounds like a almost a gaming, you know, video gaming thing. But now they've got access to all these other extra tools and workflows inside Trello. So now that's become our standard record. So by by basically the end of March, we had almost every single employee on Trello with all of the client information. We were able to do away with worrying about these Google documents And now it's all mastered on Trello, and that workflow is just so beautiful because people can share how they're efficiently using it now, Um, and it's a much more seamless process. So that that is, you know, I think that was a really big win for us. That was a big rock for us in Q one, and that you know we were able to accomplish that. Um, One of the things that came up while you were talking, Andrew, was when you think about Q one, you know, and maybe you guys haven't processed this yet, but off the top of your head. What are you the most proud of or excited about that would ha- that happened in Q1 for your firm? And then what are you kind of like, man? I wish I wish we would have nailed that, but we didn't. Or this thing happened in Q1 and it was a big bummer for us, but we, you know, we got out of it. Or we're still dealing with it. Like, what well, were what are one of each of those things that you could share um, from from Q1 for you?
1: So uh, for Q1, I'd say one of the things that um, It's it's actually both one of the things that went really well and also didn't go so well, Um, and and that has to do with our T one process. So this this process I talked to you earlier about about creating these workflows for the steps. We started with our T one season because that was um, eminent. Now it was one of those things where um, we needed to do it. uh, Like everything in life, everyone's like, "No, we shouldn't be doing it now. It's we're, we're in the middle of tax season. Starting, don't do it now." And I sort of said you know what? We just, we're going to have to eat the pain. Like we got it. If we, if we just continue along this, this same path of we're too busy, we will always be too busy and we'll never get it done. Um, so it's turned out to be, um, you know, one of the best things as far as we're getting into the process and we're figuring out how to do it. We're getting that documentation, we're getting that training, but like any new process, there were a lot of hurdles and hiccups and things we had to fix along the way and we did that at our busiest time of year yeah so it created a lot a lot of extra stress um for us um at, at, a, at a time where we were onboarding new staff as well we had three new staff we, we completely changed the t1 process um so i think at, at some points my staff were were ready to to pull my what's left of my hair out for me um, but on the flip side of that, it has created this level of process and documentation. Um, and then what I what really makes me happier when, when I'm like really proud of what we're doing there is when the staff turn around and come back to me and they're like, "Okay, can we add this? Can we can we add this to the workflow?" So they're 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 clearly using it. They're uh, appreciating it, and they're saying, "Oh yeah, you know, can we do this?" It was one of my guys just the other day is like, "Hey." you know, can we add print the T1, which is like something you just sort of assume everyone does. And, and he's like, can we just add that? Because sometimes I forget to print it because one guy, print, one guy prints it and another person is responsible for um, putting it through write signature and putting the, putting the, like, do you guys use write signature or anything like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Signatures? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, you have to put the overlay. So we don't make our account managers do that. The account managers print the file when they're done with it. And then they give it to an admin um, to do it. And so the purpose of that is so that the admin doesn't have to go into the file to, and potentially make changes and screw shit up. They just take what the account manager has printed and they're just putting an overlay and doing a manual administrative task. And what was happening is the account managers would finish and complete the file and promote it but they forgot to actually print it. It's a, uh, a simple little thing. He's like, could you just do me a favor? Could you, could you put that on the checklist? I'm like, yeah, because that's, that's exactly great. what the checklist is for. Yeah. When, when it's stuff that you just, you assume everybody knows and you like, sometimes you're just like, oh yeah, you don't need to put that on the checklist. We're like, no, you kind of got to put every little step. Right. Even down to printing it. Right. <laughs>
2: um,
0: and
1: by printing it, by the way, I mean, printing to PDF. Right. Um, but, you know, it's those little things. So I guess, you know this whole um, uh, improvement on our workflow for our, our t1 process um, has been both the blessing and the curse
0: that's that's really really great um, and I'm uh, Ryan Balf just joined us so he's gonna jump in on the fun here um, yeah uh-huh. for, I'd say for um, hey Ryan thanks for joining us man uh, Ryan um, I'll give you some time to think about your your you know something you're proud of or really Encouraged by from Q one for your firm, and then maybe something you're like, man, I wish we would have done that better, or this thing ha- you know happened in Q one, we're still getting over. But for 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 reconciled, uh, we had we had two key employees. I'd say one you know one of my veteran employees, and then um, one of my main leaders uh, both quit unexpectedly in Q one. So it was a as it was a pretty big blow. You know, um, I hadn't had something like that happen yet um, in the, you know, three and a half years. Um, and so it was, it was bound to obviously happen at some point for key people to to quit and leave, um, without, without notice, uh, without a time period of transition. And, um, so that was a really big bummer. And and I, uh, I think I'm still processing what I can learn from those experiences and what I can learn about people and all those things. But one of the things I was really proud of, um, was, uh, one of the, one, one of the, um, employees left when I was while, while I was on a plane. So I got an email, you know, for of that. And, you know, I was like, I don't know, I'm not really sure what to do. So I let my staff know on Slack and the staff, my, my, um, some of my more veteran bookkeepers, we have another level called senior accountant. And so my senior accountant and my uh, HR person, they got together and they, 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 uh, my HR person basically just said, Hey, the team's ready to help, um let's the, the let's have the senior accountants just take over management for uh, until we find another manager and I went, Wow, and they all jumped in with no complaining, no hesitancy. it was like hey we're all we're in a, we're all in on this uh we're not going to let this tra- a transition like this or an unexpected thing like this hurt the company or hurt our clients. so they jumped in right in and they immediately communicated to the bookkeepers and so that was, I was so proud of the team. I was so proud, especially of those, those, um, those three, just senior, more senior bookkeepers like senior accountants. They, they really show, I, I was surprised at that response and it really showed me how much loyalty they had to me and to the company and to their customers. Um, so that was really, really cool. But it was also at the same time, it was also at the same time like, oh man, you know, um, I can't assume... Certain things about um, about people or the way people leave or want to leave uh i've never left a job that way where i've ne- I've never left unexpectedly from a job without notice, so it was a surprise to me, and never had that happen before so but to have the team jump in and do what they did was really really cool um and I was just so proud of them for that so so anyways yeah uh ryan what, what are what are some of your thoughts uh, that you can share and thanks for joining us again, man.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about Q1 accomplishments.
0: Well, just Q1. Like we, we we first started with Q1's over. What you know? What can your firm or your clients learn from Q1? How do they learn from Q1? Like, what can they do to maximize the remaining three quarters of the year? And then we got into like, well, what are you proud of from Q1? Um, for yourself or your, for your firm? And, and what are you like, man? I wish that didn't happen, but it happened, and I'm I'm gonna learn from it. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good topic. Um, so recently I've, uh, I made it a a goal of mine starting in 2019 to kind of get to like what I would call level three. Hmm. So level one is like when you, when you first (laughs) start out in business, you're doing everything on your own. Um, and then you get big enough to where you can start hiring employees Um, to support you. And when you do that, I I feel like that's just basically level two where you're the main guy, you have employees that are supporting you. um, You're able to support um, a lot more clients than you otherwise would by yourself. Um, But ultimately, which is a great thing, but ultimately everyone's still gunning for you. Um, You're the main guy. You have to call the shots. You're the one that is handling the, you know, monthly financial reports and um, taking the phone calls. Like everybody wants to talk to you. (laughs) So the, and I think um, uh, getting from level one to level two is, uh, I think once you do that, it's, you're much more equipped to get from level two to level three, but level two to level three is much harder. So level three I would consider um, you know you have a team and now you're at the point where your your initial hires you know transition into more of a senior role hmm. so they become like the new you <laughs> and they start building teams under them. Um, the management team. exactly. So um we we recently hired an intern. Um and instead of having that intern report to me and having me like train her on QuickBooks and you know tell her all the the, the ins and outs for each client, I trusted one of my like key employees to take on that task. Hmm. And that was probably the most nerve-wracking thing because <laughs> like for six, seven years, I've, I've always had this like control and it was hard Mm -hmm. to let go because I was always afraid that, you know, like somebody wouldn't be able to do something as good as I could. So it was like hard to, to, you know, uh, give that, you know, it was hard to develop that trust or whatever, but 2019, I said, you know, let's just go for it. Hmm. And, um, it worked out really well or it's working out really well so far. So, you know, there are definitely a bunch of clients of ours where I have very minimal input, you know, like they're, uh, I would be surprised if I had to talk to them, um, more than once or twice a year, which is great because, and we're not like fully at level three, but, um, now that I know that it it has potential, I'm I'm much more, you know, uh, bullish on the future of QPros to where now we can get we can um, make level three as efficiently as efficient as possible, and then maybe even in twenty twenty start talking about level four wow. to where I'm like almost completely removed and I can do other stuff.
0: That's great.
2: Uh, yeah. So the, the, those levels I just made up <laughs> on the fly, but that's, <laughs> that, that's pretty much like how, that's loosely how I would, you know, describe it.
0: Man, so, that's, it good, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome lesson level. I, I never thought it through that way, but you're totally right. Like that hurdle, level one to level two, and then that hurdle from level two to level three, it means it's actually, I, I think the person that needs to be worked on is yourself the most. And you just you just shared that. It's actually not your employees that are worked on. It's you. You know, it's it's your own beliefs in your people that you just hired now, right? Mm -hmm. It's your own trust in your the business that the business is bigger than you. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And um and 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 it's a belief that that people want to step up to the plate if you give them responsibility. And it's also the acceptance that are you going to be okay if they fail, right? Like you're going to be okay if they fail. Right. And that's, that's a really great, that's really great lesson, Ryan. Like, that's... yeah, Cause
2: if you think about it, like I failed many of times when I first started, I didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> but like, it worked out. Like mm-hmm. you know, your clients forgive you. They know that <laughs> if, if you, if you convince them that you're dedicated enough to your craft, they know that if you make a mistake, you'll never make it again. You'll, <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll fix it immediately. And, you know, that, that's going to happen with the employees that you hire. No matter how how good you train them, they're always going to make mistakes. So um, I, I would say, like, if, if they're trained very well and they have a year and a half into this and, and they show a passion for what we're doing, I think that they're definitely more than equipped mm. to you know be those level
1: two uh pioneers yeah and i think that's the key to, to mm-hmm. building a sell a saleable business oh, yeah. it's funny we have we just recently joined a program called value builders by a guy named john Werlow. i don't know if any of you guys have heard of him he's got a couple books out there and one of his books talks about that exact issue if you want to build a sellable business you've got to get out of the way of the business mm-hmm. like you've got to you've got to let go you've got to release um, and he talks about exactly what you're talking about, about going through these different um, phases. and 1st you've got to listen to Christmas songs in the background. Sorry. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you know, the, the stage is a business where you have to first, you have to end up replacing, you, you can't do yeah, everything. Yeah. You can't do everything, right?
1: Yeah, and, you got, and, then, and then you go from just finding someone to replace doing the work to having those people become building a management team of people who are going to manage multiple other people. Um, and that's, that's exactly, he didn't call it the three levels or, or, or I guess, did we get up to four? I think we got, we might've got up to four, right, right. Uh, but it's, you know, you're hit the nail on the head that if you want to build a sellable business, you really got to get out of the, out of your own way um, in order to do that.
0: I can, I can already picture the BALF leadership Institute where he is teaching <laughs> about these levels of, of change in leadership, and and he's got a book and a webinar and a TEDx talk. I can see it all happening right now. It's it started tonight. We we saw I heard it first tonight on this show.
2: <laughs> this is the inauguration.
0: Yeah. This is the, yeah. this is the inauguration. Well, that's well, that's four, really, really four
1: cool. steps to, su- to success, right? <laughs>
2: four four levels to success.
0: Yeah. So, so level what, up, right? They level up. So so what does you know Q one's over. For everybody, you can't, we can't rewind the clock. Okay. So, you know, whether we like it or not for everybody, Q1's over. What can we do and what can our customers do to maximize the remaining three quarters? Right. I think that unfortunately, most of our profession, when I think about it, they get to April 15th, they're done. They're dead. They're like exhausted. They take, you know, the partners usually take the remaining month of April off or, or May off. They, they allow their employees to take a few days or a week off or whatever. They they get re- energized. But unfortunately, I think then our customers, most of our customers in the industry are not served well with any plan or idea of how do you maximize the rest of the year. So what do you guys think is the, if you were to have your choice of what would you do for your firm right now to say let's maximize the remaining three quarters and what would you advise your customers to do? So Andrew, what what do you start us off? What do you think?
1: Um, So for for myself, uh, which is also very different from my clients, um, really what we are doing is sort of planning out the rest of the year and trying to put together um, sort of marketing strategy for what else we're gonna do now that once tax season ends at the end of this month, uh, the next steps, because things do somewhat slow down and particularly once we get into the summer, if we haven't put in the steps uh, in the next few weeks to start putting together those plans and those strategies, we won't be able to execute them. So we're putting together a series of webinars, we're coordinating and arranging with people um, to be able to um, uh, book people so that we can put together um, presentations and sales Mm -hmm. demos so that we can be out there talking to our clients Um, particularly because so many of them, even the people who refer people to us, you know, people take summer holidays and knowing and understanding when they're going to be around and when they're not. Um, And so if you don't start planning for that now, um, you're going to miss everyone over the course of the summer. So like starting to have those conversations, Hey, you planning any trips this summer and like totally casual banter, but it helps you set up for like, okay, you know, my key guy at ProCob is going away from, you know, the middle of July to the end of July. So okay, let's 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 go over and talk to, uh, you know, the TES guys in July and sort of get that that plan so that your summer doesn't dry up because you haven't planned for what's actually going to take place over the summer. Um, you know, and then also like, you know, booking those like golf outings and stuff like that, which uh, are a bit of fun, a bit of business, a bit of everything. So just starting to put those plans together.
0: That's great. That's great. Um, yeah. Ryan, what, what, what kind of advice do you have? And, um, for the remainder of the year, how do we maximize the next three quarters?
2: Yeah, I, I would agree that the, the theme, the underlying theme would be, you know, better planning. Um, I, I think that there are two things that, uh, would be beneficial, um, when analyzing the next three quarters, One is more of a long-term vision where, you know, we we take a step back and we look at, um, you know, what what could have we done better at the end of the year to prepare everybody by January 31st to get all the 1099s in, um, to make sure all the the W-2s are filed. Like, basically, you need to have everybody's books closed out by January 31st. Um, which is tough. Right. So, and, and we've never been able to um, come up for any air in January. It's always (laughs) come down to like the last hour where, you know, we're just scrambling. So I definitely think that um, we can do a better job of, of preparing that in Q2, Q3, Q4. um, So we don't have to scramble in January um, so that's something that I think uh, we'll work on after, you know, all this craziness in April dies down. And then so your
1: post-action, your post-action reviews, right? Right.
2: Exactly. And then For from a, here, a-, from a-, a sales a- perspective, um, we get uh, to, to make matters work. It's a good <laughs> thing and a bad thing. The good, the good thing is about Q1 um, we get most of our leads. This is when we pick up the majority of our clients. So not only do we have to, like, you know, close out the prior year and deal with all the, the the year-end financial reviews, we're also responsible for onboarding new clients.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, so I've been, like, you know, strategically... Um, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I almost try to, like... Delay the onboarding of new clients. Like normally, a new client comes in, even even if they're a good client or a good prospect. Normally, you know, it's okay. This is what we can do. Uh, uh, Let's get started right away. Here's the proposal. Let's you know we'll start now. Now it's like okay, I'll 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 send you the proposal. Um, uh, I'm traveling tomorrow, so I'll put something together over the weekend. And then I'll wait till like Tuesday to send it to them, you know hoping that they take three days to review it and then you know the 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 uh, the duration of that of that onboarding process, I'm hoping internally I'm hoping that it it's stretched out and not you know I'm hoping they're not like okay, we, we need you like now, we need to get to started now and that's only because I'm still closing out the prior year um, activity. So yeah, that that's something that also needs better planning. Like how do we efficiently onboard new clients, um, in Q1 when, when everything is crazy?
0: Yeah, no, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So you kind of do it, you're doing a post-action, well, how could we made the whole thing better um, and, and plan for that next year. That's, that's really, really great. And then you gotta, you gotta remind yourself to actually implement those improvements, um, exactly. you know, cause everyone's going, okay, great. Let's go on vacation first. Let's come back and and get to it. Um, uh, so that's really, really great. I, I, one of the things, uh, one of the, the things that I've done where whenever, whenever uh, a quarter ends and there's a fee, there's a handful of CFO clients I still have. And then um some of my other advisors have as well but one of the practices I do with mine that are I'm dealing with directly is hey when we do our march review we're going to look at the whole quarter uh, for for you so I'll I'll put up their financials I'll look at uh, how did that quarter trend with previous years um and did they improve in business or not did they improve their margins or not and then I'll talk about you know the initial goals they had for 2019 and that um, how Q one contributed to those goals, and what remaining, what remaining steps or actions they have to take for the remainder of the year to actually reach the original goal they set before them. So their you know their goals are now are three months in, only nine months ago. What do they need to do to get there? So an example I did for one client was, we took as um, you know they're they're in digital marketing. And so we took in the, they're, they have a big goal this year of more than doubling their revenue. I said, okay, well, let's, let's translate that to how many leads do you have to go after? How many sales do you have to close? How many customers do we expect you to churn based on your average churn rate? Um, what's the, what's the net new MRR you're going to have to bring in every month. So we plotted that out for every month for the remainder of the year. And I said, okay, guys, you know, this is three months. You can't get it back. This is what the remainder of the year look, it looks like. You have to hit these goals. So you need to let sales know that and you need to let onboarding know that. Sales so that they're out there getting leads and calls and closing, and then onboarding so that they know this is coming. They know that, oh, we got a nine month window to do the remainder of the goal. Um, So laying that out in very practical terms for my my customers, my clients to say, this is how you're gonna reach your financial goal. Um, You can either try to adjust that goal if, if you don't think it's realistic anymore, but you know, we can't take back Q1 anymore. So let's move forward and try to see what the remainder of the year looks like. And I I find that um, uh, our clients at least really appreciate that perspective because they've never, they've never, if rarely ever had that conversation in the past with anybody, even with the accountant who just did their tax return for the previous year. um, They most, accountants aren't sitting down and having that q1 review right and having that perspective of how do i maximize the rest of this year um and what should i do uh and not and not uh and even if they had a killer q1 uh for as a customer letting them know well that might have helped you a little bit but you still got nine nine more months to go buddy like if you want to reach this goal so reminding them of their goals reminding them of what you know what they promised to their investors or their board or to each other as their team reminding of all the expectations they have for their employees um, now that we do that. And because they're entering spring and summer, obviously for most people, it's vacation mode. It's immediately sinking in. How do I get, what are the vacation? What are the things I'm going to be doing? So trying to get them out of that and saying, no, you know, do you really want to reach your goals? Let's work on that together. You know, let's work on that together. Um, Any other thoughts, Andrew? Yeah. Well, I just love, I think that that's so key is like, okay
1: you've had this first quarter, what worked well, what didn't work, and what are you going to change so that you can, you know, improve on, even if you had a great quarter in that first quarter, how are you going to improve on that so that Q2, Q3, and Q4 exceed what you did in Q1, no matter how great it was or unfortunately how bad it could have been.
0: (laughs) What's the number one reason, you know, Q1, you mentioned this, Ryan, Q1, tends to be the time when a lot of customers (coughs) switch accountants or switch bookkeeping firms. Um, So there's a lot of leads that come in. And at the same time, it's the busiest season for most accounting firms and even bookkeeping firms. What, what is the um, one, one or top one or two reasons during this particular season that customers tell you they're transitioning to you? Um, and let's ignore, obviously I just started a business, right? So let, right. ignoring that, um, if you think about the ones that are actually transitioning from another accountant and even ones that are transitioning from solid accountants, which I find still happens, what are the one or two reasons you, you see that happening, uh, during Q1? Hmm. Good question.
2: Um, from my experience an accountant switch would be would normally be the result of the uh, client is interested in kind of moving their business forward. Mm. And the accountant may have done a perfect job for them um, as far as preparing their taxes and and uh, you know maximizing minimizing their tax liability for and, and they could be could have served them well for years, but they just weren't forward thinking or, uh, you know, equipped with the technological skills that, uh, you know, more modern firms have. Um, so maybe they're, they're, they did some research and they're, they're just looking to, uh, you know, get up to speed with, with technology and, and, uh, Interested in, in utilizing tools that can help them grow and scale their business. So who better to contact than you know us, mm. firms like ours that that you know can help them out with that. Um, the only other reason why somebody would uh, switch accountants is if they think that their previous accountant was charging them too much. <laughs> so they're probably like the scope creeps the. The penny pinchers that you you might not want anyway. So it's important when when they do say I'm switching accountants or or thinking of switching accountants to ask them, well, why? Because if it's because of price, then you might want a second guess taking them yes. one
0: <laughs> That's really great. Yeah. How about you, Andrew? What what do you hear? I mean, obviously, you might you guys probably get a lot of new clients during Q one. So yeah yeah what do you hear what's what's interesting
1: for us is we don't really have this q1 pressure that you guys have just because our our tax system is is different um so it's sort of at least for the corporate stuff it's really spread across the year obviously we have a number of onboardings for for personal tax but you know that's really not our focus and um so it's not a huge influx for us but throughout the year you know we have the same or we get clients for you know who are switching for probably the same reasons most people do, which, you know, Brian talks about price. We, we've seen that and Brian's absolutely right. Is like when someone's switching for a price, for price, I'm not sure I want them. You know, sometimes like it is crazy. It's just been fees in a balloon. And, um, you know, the question is, why did they balloon? Like, was it, was it really the accountant's fault? Or was it, you know, just the fact that you dropped off a complete mess and then, <laughs> you know, called the accountant every five minutes saying, where's my books, where's my books, where's my books. Um, which we we've gotten but i'd say that the number one reason that i hear over and over again for the reason that people switch is my accountant's not responding to me and you'd be amazed at how many times i hear that you know i've i've called my client and, and because i guess we all get into the weeds right you know and what also often happens is that as firms grow um they become too busy to be able to effectively handle their their client base um, and then they end up starting to lose those clients because they're not responding. Um, and so that's probably, I'd say, the number one reason that I hear that people switch. Um, yeah, I, I do hear cost, but I'd say that's number two to my accountant's not responding. Mm. And then maybe number, number three, which we still see a lot, is my accountant's retiring. Oh. And he has,
0: yeah.
1: he's, he's, <laughs> not, he's not actually transitioning to anyone else. He's just retiring. So I need a new accountant. <laughs> <laughs> which I've seen a number of times in the last, more so recently um, as more and more, I guess, boomers are starting to finally, um, you know, retire.
0: Yeah. Well, we get that. We get to us, us youngins get to benefit from the retirements of these other <laughs> practices. That's, that is a, uh, yeah, I, that you're right. That I've heard that one. We had, we had a, we have a local guy here that he's um, he all of a sudden stops doing payroll processing and so there's all these customers coming around going, well, we need somebody to process payroll, but we might as well just take, bring over the bookkeeping too. Cause why would we just, why would we have that split up? I'm like, that's interesting. So, you know, we were yeah. able to take it, take advantage of that or take it, uh, granted for that. Um, but that, you know, that I, I would say that uh, the customers, customers coming over um, because their accountants not responsive. That was an, that's always an interesting one to me. Um, what, what is it? About responsiveness, what what is it that is because wait, I, I hear I do hear it often too. What is stopping or preventing accountants from responding in a timely manner that would that would prevent them from losing their customer? Is it they don't know how to automate the response or like what is it like that seems to be think, this common thread?
1: I think it's setting expectations. Is that I think that the big problem is that people are expecting immediate responses and they sometimes come with complex tax questions that need research. Like, I I don't even, maybe it was even Ryan who was talking about this. It's like, you asked me a complex tax question and they're pissed that I didn't respond to you within 15 minutes with the answer. Like, I gotta do a bit of research. Uh, But part of that is also, I guess, you know, again, with setting expectations, replying back and saying, hey, this is gonna take a little bit more research. Um, let me dive into it and I'll get mm. back to you in a couple days or a week, as opposed to, I think what happens is people are like that. And, and this is something that I've done myself is I'm like, okay, that's a t- that's a complex issue. Like when I'm going through my inbox and this is something I had to like, like forcibly change myself from doing, because what I would do is I would go through and be like, okay, I can answer this in five minutes. So he's getting a response. This is going to take me a bit of hour like over an hour of work or whatever it is. So I'm going to put this in my to-do list. And what happens is that that goes into your to-do list, mm. but that to-do list is constantly growing. Right. 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 And, and so if you're not immediately replying back saying, Hey, got your email, this is going to take me a bit of time to get into and the minute you do that, that, that sets the expectations. Like you, they've got the response. They understand. They're like, okay you know, some sometimes guys are just jerks and they're like, no, I need this answer tomorrow because I'm buying a house or whatever. And I, I've gotten that too. Like people will ask me like a very complex tax issue. and like, I need the answer by tomorrow because I'm going to close on a deal. I'm like, what? You can't give me like 24 hours notice on April 29th that you need me to do a couple of hours of tax research. Like how am I supposed to deal with that? I,
2: I think that th- there is... A revolutionary communications mechanism that we now have at our disposal um, that can can help us with mm. this exact scenario. And old school accountants that are you know that may only rely on email don't have. Uh, they don't, they don't have, they're not able to use this to to their advantage. So perfect example is, um, and and I'm, I'm obviously referring to programs like Slack. I personally, I have Slack. We don't use it for our firm. We use workplace by Facebook, which is very similar to Slack, but it may sound kind of silly. and, And I actually pitch this to my clients because, because my clients are also in our workplace community. Um, and I tell them exactly this, like, this may sound silly. And by the way, Workplace is exactly like Facebook. Mm-hmm. It looks exactly like Facebook. So when you tell somebody, yeah, um, we're going to use Workplace to, to communicate and start threads and all that. Um, and when you send me a message, I'm going to like it. That may sound silly, like, you know, because people are so used to, like, being on Facebook and, and just liking posts. But hour of a like... In either slack or workplace right is is so key because for 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 Andrew's example when when uh, uh, a client emails their accountant you know I, I need this and, and maybe it's a complex task where you, it requires research it's going to take you time you can't just answer it immediately you can like that post right and and very quickly just let that client know hey I saw what you wrote. Um, you know, I'm acknowledging it, and and if you prove, it doesn't take you long to prove to the client that like, if if you like their post, and then within 24 to 48 hours, you actually respond to that to that post, to their question, then they are programmed going forward, that whenever they ask you a question and they see that you like it, they know that you're taking care of them. Mm -hmm. So it's very annoying. You know, we deal with a lot of every, all of us deal with a lot of emails. There's nothing more that I hate when somebody emails me and I can't just answer it immediately. It's going to, it might require a phone call to the state Or, like, you know, a workers' comp issue or something like that, where it's gonna just take some time. Um, I hate if I have to just respond, like, you know, okay, hey, uh, uh, I'll I'll get back to you. Uh, I got your message, I'll get back to you. I don't feel like writing that. It's, it's, (laughs) It's too much. I'd be writing that all day. But if I just have to click a button and I know that they're, that'll satisfy them at least temporarily for the next 2 or 3 days because they they now trust me that I'm going to answer them then that buys me time and it only requires a, a click of a mouse to um
0: yeah to set, yeah. to send signal that right to create exactly. that behavior that's really great yeah. you, ryan you, I'm, i think you're the only you're the one of the only companies that i know it but also the only firm that i know that uses workplace by facebook right. um but it sounds really interesting because basically you're saying it it takes the interface of Facebook and makes it an, makes it an internal slack. Exactly. That's, that's really, really great. And and have your clients, the feedback for your clients, have they found it to be a, a tool that they've enjoyed using? And um, yeah, tell me about that.
2: Yeah. Every, everybody loves it. The the only downside to workplace is it's not designed specifically for uh, accounting firms or, uh, advisory firm or or, or firms that have clients because like, um, uh, everybody in, you have one workplace account and, and, and there's, there's a way around this. Like you could have all of your clients create their own workplace accounts and then they have what's called multi-company groups where both of you can join. Um, and that would work perfectly, but it, it's, it, uh, it, it would, it would be difficult to trust the, or expect the client to set up a workplace account on their own and right. to do, because it, there's a lot of, it, it's a big platform. It's kind mm. of like learning how to use Facebook, um, back in when did Facebook come out, 2005. Right um in like the in 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 its current version like back in 2005 when facebook was launched it was very easy you just had friends there wasn't any likes i don't think and you just maybe put up like a profile picture but it's much more complex than that 14 years later so you can't expect them to as an admin create a workplace account and then set up a multi-company group so i just said i'm just going to add everybody into my workplace account but now my clients can They can see each other. They can see each other's profiles, Mm. but we do have groups. Like, and all the groups are secret, and only like, you know, my team and I and that client are are members of that group. Right. Um, But sometimes uh, a client will make the mistake because you actually have your own wall too, like your own profile, and if they don't post their question into the group. And they Uh post it into their like just onto their wall, then anybody everybody else (laughs) can see it. And it only happens a couple of times, and it's nothing. You know, it wasn't anything serious. But if everything's set up perfectly, um, I think it's a brilliant idea to have all of your clients under one roof, and um, it definitely reduced our email um, clogging. I guess you would say. Yeah. Like I received less emails. Some clients only communicate with me on workplace now. Um, and it, it's kind of just like this big universe. I think workplace is it was definitely built for more like enterprise level companies and not for small businesses. And it also I believe it launched in November of two thousand seventeen. No. Um and and they initially targeted UK. They didn't really
0: Oh, um, interesting.
2: Market it to the U S but for whatever reason, I got like invited to the beta version. Like, <laughs> so I, I've been a member since like day one. Um, and they recently announced that they're going to start, um, uh, like programming it or, or modifying it to, to fit the mold of, of a small business environment rather than a big enterprise. But I will say, like, and, and there are really big companies on there. I think United, or um, not United, um, uh, a, a big airline's on there. Walmart is is a workplace. Okay. Um, and it, it's not going to happen overnight, but in a perfect world, if you have all of your vendors in in a, a platform like <coughs> Then you can essentially eliminate email, right? You know, and like, there, the 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 power of of liking and commenting, I think, is so critical, um, for for many reasons. It, even though, like I said before, it sounds silly to like in a business environment start liking people's posts, but I think <laughs> it, it has a lot of power behind it. Oh yeah. If, if you have all of your vendors um under one roof and partners and all that i think i think uh efficiency in the workplace will will maximize you know a hundredfold. but but it's going to take a while for people to kind of adapt to that that mindset where like instead of acknowledging an email like firm thank you replacing that with a like um it it would just take some time but i i think that's kind of the future of, uh, corporate communication for sure.
1: Well, and then the other thing too, is like they're in Facebook already. Uh, Plus it's got to give you some, I've got to figure it's got to give you some boost and some social juice for your, your corporate profile or your corporate page. Um, because they're probably going to want to promote that and encourage people who are using it. Um, so it sounds really interesting. I'm definitely going to take a look at it. I've, I've seen it. I've been, notified of it i i tried i have a workplace as a uh, but i haven't really been using it I, I gotta admit though that we were also one of the ones that were pretty late to the game on slack uh, yeah. and we still haven't even figured out how to fully leverage that to its greatest <laughs> and we are only using slack for internal we we don't invite clients to slack i've heard mixed reviews on that some people say it's great some people say it's a disaster. Don't, you know, Chad Davis was one of the the big ones from, from live CA. I don't know if you guys know him. He sort of convinced me to like, keep it locked off to just your staff uh, because of the problems and the expectations that, that it can cause when you open that up. But I've also heard other people say rave about how great it is to have your clients stuff. So I mean, we're, I'm still trying to figure out all that, but I'm definitely going to dip my toe into the workplaces uh, environment and see if, if that might be interesting, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. I'll,
2: I'll have to put on the. Uh, I'll create like a little webinar when I get a chance. Oh yeah, and just go over the basics. But it, it really is something to look at. I mean, it's <laughs> if if you can remember how excited you were when when QBO kind of uh, I would say like late two thousand thirteen, early two thousand fourteen, when like this whole wave of third party apps really started taking off like how exciting that was. That's kind of how I, I, I kind of get the same jitters <laughs> with, with Workplace because they have integrations with Trello, with Dropbox, um, Google Drive. Um, they have custom integrations, So if you have a developer, um, you can really create anything you want and you're leveraging the, the Facebook platform. I mean, Facebook basically just copied their code yeah. And, and replicated it and, and made a social environment for, for businesses. So uh, there's there's definitely going to be it, even even today when you when we think that like nothing else can be automated, that technology is at its peak. I think workplace is going to be the, the, the pioneer of of, uh, you know, that next level of, of corporate communication.
0: Yeah, that's, that, that's that's a really bold great. statement. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, it makes a lot of sense. We we've been using Slack internally. We love it. We do actually connect with clients to their Slack channels if they have a paid Slack. So that's one one benefit of paid Slack. Uh, Slack now has on on paid Slack, you can now do internal calls and video calls and screen sharing in Slack. So that's been a, another great benefit of paid Slack, and and it it's. It's slowly replacing b- both Google Meet and Zoom for an, at least internal, because it's just so fast. You can just call an employee real fast. Um, and then, you know, uh, even clients that, that uh, want to have the communication with us, they said, yeah, yeah, we'd, be, we'd love to be on like, as a guest. So the way Slack built it really made it so that a, 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 a customer really can't make a mistake if you're, you do it right. They can't do a, a wall post. But, yeah, Workplace sounds really interesting to me. Um, I, I think we're going to have to take a look at it. We we definitely uh, – we did our big Trello implementation, so that's kind of gone well. Now the next turtle, right? That's the next thing you want to do, the next thing, maybe Workplaces. But, yeah, Ryan, you should definitely do a Workplace webinar f- for accountants, like Workplace for Accountants, how to implement it for your firm. I don't know if that's even out there. You'd probably be the – No, I bet you are not. Player. Yeah, I bet, yeah. You, I bet you, you'd have a lot of interest um, if you were – able to show people how to do it well in their firms. Right. Um, you can but, grab
1: all, all hackers, YouTube followers. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. And keep in mind, I mean, they're, they're I don't know how many companies are are own workplace, but um, you know, from, from a lead generation perspective, they, they haven't really opened up the entire universe. Like you can, you can search for other users um, but you can't like search for companies and then say, Oh, this company is on workplace, let me reach out to them and say, Hey, I'm on workplace too. Are you using QuickBooks? This seems like a perfect fit. Uh, but like I, I think once they open up that up, there's gonna be a really big pool of prospects um that would appreciate if their uh accountant is oh yeah, is on workplace as well because it's an easy transition. One other thing real quick. And Andrew, you, you, um, you, you reminded me uh, about like how easy it is to kind of um, kind of just roll workplace out because everybody's used to Facebook. For new employees, they pick it up immediately. Like Mm -hmm. the new intern that I hired, I was like, all right, we use a program called workplace. It works exactly like Facebook and all they have to do is like, set up their account and then they can jump right in immediately. Like they're, it's very easy for them to follow. Okay. Like we have groups, it takes maybe five minutes to explain. And now they have, you know, um, access to like our internal or how we manage our clients internally.
0: Is is that, is workplace, is there like, is it all free now or is there a free and paid version? And then is it, does it connect to your personal Facebook account or is it a completely separate user?
2: It's completely separate from your your personal Facebook account. They have a free version, um, and, and I'm not sure what, what the difference is uh, between free and premium. But but we have the premium. It's it's three dollars per user, um, and there was a reason why I, I I subscribed to premium, but I just can't I can't remember why. Yeah. There's certain limitations for sure with the free version that wouldn't allow us to do what we what we do but i that's a i'll look that up and let you know
0: it um, almost seems like it almost would seem like a benefit for facebook to convince facebook groups to to, to transition to workplace right so different facebook groups that you're a part of right um, because you probably get more more usage out of your groups and more stickiness to groups if you convert them into workplace so because like groups is very much a be It's kind of like a private news feed for the group, but right. besides that, there's not a lot of other things happening in the group right and sure. you know you know the 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 q b o wizards Facebook group that you run mm-hmm. if it was converted to a workplace account free or more more paid, it seems like you'd you'd get some even bigger stickiness out of it, and all of a sudden you could start doing a ton of other things right um so it sounds like there's a lot of opportunities in the future, like you said that. Definitely. Workplace can grow.
2: Yep.
1: Yes. Yeah, I, I just Especially if they the did, difference. like, a virtual mall. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Ryan.
2: The, I just looked at the difference between free and premium. So the, 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 the premium version gives you access to, like, the API, uh, the, the ability to build custom integrations, and also the um, multi-company group. So, like, you can you can connect with other workplace accounts. Mm. like in the same group yeah where a free is just a free workplace account would just be like um if you wanted to manage everything internally and not like connect with other companies
0: yeah yeah that makes sense and you weren't
2: interested in building like custom integrations which which we are so i think there's a lot of potential there
0: that's great
1: what custom integrations are you building right
2: um, it's, it's kind of a secret. I've, I've been telling right. everybody this, I've, it was supposed to be launched on January 1st. Um, uh, May, May 1st,
0: May 1st, there May, you 1st. Go. I'll, May 1st, I'll release it. That's great. Well, we're yeah. looking forward to that. Maybe we're going to have to have you on right after your launch again, yeah. so that we can, uh, you can show everybody what it is and, and promote Definitely. it and everything. That'd be great. Definitely. Cool. So. Well, great. We're at the top of the hour, guys. This has been great tonight. Uh, thanks for sharing and, and looking forward to hanging out again next week.
1: Of course. Awesome. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Awesome. Good night.
0: See ya.